0: Welcome to Encounter. This is a podcast and radio show where we seek to encounter Christ, culture, and community. On this week's episode, we sit down and discuss what it means to be a disciplined Christian. So the question you want to answer as we are going through the different disciplines and what that means is, are you disciplined? Do you actually practice the disciplines that the Bible offers us Um, as a means towards an end of getting closer to Christ and becoming more Christ-like. And before we get into that, I just wanted to have a quick sidebar for Carl Schubert. Uh, Carl was one of our guests on episode 34, titled From Drugs to Jesus. And if you haven't listened to that episode yet, please go back and listen to it. It's a powerful conversation and testimony about how God called Carl for years and years. And Carl passed away this past week. And I was able to meet with him and pray with him. He had a pretty aggressive cancer diagnosis that didn't give him more than a few months to enjoy. And so I went and prayed with him and um, he was so encouraging all the way until the end. And there's so many things I could say, but I just want to encourage you to go back and listen to that episode and know that um, Carl, when he was at men's study two years ago, three years ago, he raised his hand and and he was asking for help because he just wanted to understand the Bible more and was looking for a relationship where he could go through with someone. And so I volunteered and we went through the Bible together and I learned just as much from him as he did from me. And we ate together. We met together every week for about six to eight months. And we went through a book called Continue and it was a, a good friendship. And he was a good man who really was after God's own heart. And All the way until the end, he was more concerned about how his family was going to be taken care of if they knew Jesus, and he had a big to-do about his funeral needing to have certain worship songs, certain gospel songs played. The message and the gospel had to be um, given by our pastor, and just a really powerful testimony about what God can do um, with us and through us at any stage of life, and um, we're going to miss you, Carl, a lot. So as a listener, if you want to go back and listen to um, that please do um, at the funeral, uh, his actual doctor um, stood up and there was a question and answer period. And uh, the doctor who I've actually known for like 15 years, um, he stood up and he was sharing how aggressive the diagnosis was. And the thing that stuck with me from that section was the doctor said, um, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put back, uh, Carl back together again. And I was like, okay, where's he going with this? And he said, but we serve a king who has him now. We serve a king that put him back together again. He's in full glory walking with Jesus right now. And, uh, just thinking about that gets me choked up because we often think of death as some sort of end and, I know that Carl is walking with Jesus right now because I knew he had a personal relationship with him, and he demonstrated that with his actions, his words, and his deeds, and he walked with God. So I think I'm done ranting now, but I wanted to at least let our listeners know about how real this faith is and how discipleship isn't just through the highs. It's through the lows. It's crying next to someone when they get a cancer diagnosis. It's supporting their family afterwards. It's just... It's a relationship that is real. And as we go in through our topic tonight, which is the disciplines, this isn't some fancy, fun conversation. Well, it is fun, but it's not some fancy conversation that doesn't get rooted in real life. Um, Are you really in prayer? Are you really fasting? Are you really doing all these things? Are you really being discipled by God? And are you discipling or are these just, uh, is this a culture for you? And so that is the the filter that you wanna hear tonight through. All right, so with all that said, I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode and um, please like, subscribe and favorite this podcast so we can keep doing what we do. All right, Joe. I have a question for you. Good. You have a marathon coming up. Mm-hmm. I know you love running. Yes. <laughs> it's six months away.
1: Okay.
0: You're, you're currently in very good shape, I must say. Right, Cole?
1: Yeah, he's, he's still okay.
0: Well, that's okay. Okay. So I know, but you're not in running shape, right? Yes. You're just, no. you're just swole, but Is you're it? not in running shape. So, <sighs> what would you do from? I don't do even like root that. Okay. Well, I'm just. Everything what would hurts you do? So good. <laughs> What would you do from now until the six month mark, where your marathon takes place, to make so make sure that you are ready for that marathon? How long is it run? Uh, I mean, let's do a half marathon. Let's do – was that 13 miles? 13 miles, yeah. 13,
2: 13 miles? 13 yeah. miles.
0: What would you do from now to then?
2: Oh, man. I would diet first. Mm. Okay.
0: I would – So how strict would your dieting be because you do need lots of calories? Like so what would you eat?
2: No, I would eat a lot of food but a lot of healthy food. Okay.
1: Mm. Like a lot of spinach.
2: I'd get, yeah, like bloated on spinach. Like to the – you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. filled with but with good food. And then um, I would – specifically for a I mean it's not like a s- other sport. It's like you just need to run. <laughs> There's no Why other not? way. Just run every day and just keep pushing it. And So you'd start with – f- sorry. Would you start with like a mile or a
1: half mile? Yeah, because
2: I could tell you right now <laughs> I could not run a full mile without stopping.
1: Okay. I can tell you I can't run a quarter mile without stopping to run. I don't think – I could do like the jogging motion for the full mile. It just wouldn't be like a jog – it wouldn't be a <laughs> Yeah, like a valet, valet like the pace. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like the mom walker. <laughs> yeah, <shopper> yeah. Right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah, and every day, but here's the thing: when when it comes to, I mean, at least for me, when it comes with discipline, you have to set a number in your head, so and not go the other ways. So, say you're lifting weights, like you have to, like, I want to do 20 reps, Mm -hmm. or you got to pick the number as opposed to like, oh, I'm going to do it until I can't do it Mm -hmm. anymore. Because then, yeah, because then if you just do it, because then your expectation of air quotes, when you can't do it anymore, it goes way down. Mm. You have nothing to push through. So I would set a goal, like today I'm running a half a mile without stopping. And then in three days, I'm bumping that up to three quarters a mile. In three more days, I'm bumping that up to a mile. And then just keep bumping it up and up and up and up until you... And I probably do double runs a day. So the
0: reason why I ask about running is because I think running requires the most discipline out of many events that would happen. Like in terms of... You can take a couple of days off of lifting and still be a power lifter and just call them recovery days. But for running, you take four days off, you lose yes. like 20% of your status. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So discipline is like every morning you're waking up before work. Because if you're running, you know, you're working your way up to 13 miles, you're talking about a three-hour run sometimes mm-hmm. just as your practice towards the end. Right. So you're waking up before if you have work at seven, you know. Right. And so – or three, I guess, so you can get dressed and ready for, for work. So it would be eating. It would be – Lack of sleep, probably at some point, like changing your sleep schedule to adapt. Yeah, it, to would it. change, but you need sleep though. Yeah, right? so, yeah, yeah. Probably a lot more sleep.
1: No, True. Yeah, yeah. so you'd have to adjust.
0: Day. Maybe you'd have to run at night yeah. instead of the mornings, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so you would lose lots of enter like uh, what's it called? Entertainment time, right? Anytime you would have to be doing downtime, that's a three hour chunk of running yeah.
2: now instead. I Also, would try to hold my breath as long as possible, like a couple times a day. Okay, man. Do you want to explain hmm. that one? Is that is that part of running? Well, isn't it to build your lung capacity? No. Is yeah, okay? I, I didn't know that's like cool. No,
0: cool man. I don't Let's know. I that. Just thought, I, I thought of that. I thought it was genius. <laughs> just thinking outside the box. I like is that not
2: a thing? I don't well, know. Maybe. I was just thinking like, it, I, you know, after a mile, you're like <gasps> you're like yeah. sucking wind, so if, it can't hurt. I, yeah, don't think. I don't know. Yeah, you'd be icing your knees. Yeah. I'd be doing. I also be doing legs a lot in the gym. Okay, so they don't feel like Jello when you're when it's time to.
0: True. It's also, you don't want to do it too much. You mean walk around with tree trunks? You know, you got to, you got to, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have that. to worry about that in six months. True. Yeah, especially me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't put <laughs> weight on my legs. All right. So, with, I, I think running is a great analogy for, for discipline, especially because it's used in the Bible a, a few times. You said in Corinthians. I and, think
2: Corinthians and, and Hebrews 12. Philippians, Hebrews.
0: And it's probably for a reason that they chose that too, because it is difficult and requires discipline.
2: And it's very culturally appropriate to the, the Greek. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they invented the Olympics and track. And
1: yeah, yep. and didn't they also? This, sound, this might be later. Didn't they invite and uh, invent the marathon too? Out of the, the, guy, the one messenger I mean, I think that it was like, just part of went the Olympics, right? I'm not the, sure. It, 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 oh, okay, they were you mean getting, the actual marathon? Yeah, the actual elite. marathon like came from know. a guy like taking the message across multiple uh, like, city know. states. Now we're and, out of our pay grade here. Yeah, no, yeah. I know. That's,
0: I heard that was a guy that was vaping and he's trying to light it. Was it? And then they started chasing him and he started running with ah, it. Ah, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> and then it became that guy. Mm. All right. So for, for, for discipline, and our, our conversation tonight is, is to sharpen, is to strengthen, to stay away from being tied to the law, but also realizing that sin is our natural penchant, and sanctification and being disciplined is an effort. <laughs> and so we're trying to shake all the shackles loose of our natural sin. And, you know, in certain areas, we're going to go through 12 different ways that we can tune our heart to thee, right? And tune our heart to Christ. And through these 12 different ways, we're not, sorry, I've, in other episodes, we say three, and it takes an hour and a half. So we'll go through them kind of quickly, because some of them are pretty self-explanatory. We have four inward, four outward, and four corporate. And when I first worked through these, I met, there was like a few of them that I had never exercised before. Which was uh, alarming, considering I read it when I was 22. And so the it's based off of a book called Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. So just to set the tone for it, to say you know this isn't a this isn't supposed to act as a as a a mechanism of slavery, right? This isn't supposed to tie you down and feel like you have to have all your works in order. But our goal is to be more like Christ as often as we can, and as we talked about last week, to be in the dust of Rabbi Jesus. So. If we're listening to um, our rabbi and he's telling us all of these things, you would immediately start living those things out. Mm-hmm. And so one of the quotes that I love from this, it quotes Isaiah 5720. It says, The wicked are like, tossing this, uh, are like the tossing sea, for it cannot rest and its waters, toss up mire and dirt. The sea does not need to do anything special to produce mire and dirt. That is a result of its natural motions. Sorry, I ended Isaiah. This is the commentary on it. This is also true of when we are under the condition of sin. The natural motions of our lives produce mire and dirt. Sin is a part of the internal structure of our lives. No special effort is needed to produce it. No wonder why we feel trapped. And I think we've said this before in the podcast of like, we are very seldom told in the Bible to do something that we don't already do naturally. Right. So it doesn't tell us, you know, obviously it doesn't tell us to sin, but it doesn't tell us to be greedy. It doesn't tell us to covet. It doesn't, because if it, we're already doing it. There's no reason mm-hmm. why it would push us in the way of natural sin. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, right. In fact, it has to tell us that it's not natural. Yeah. Yeah. That it, I mean that's not – that it's natural, but it's not kingdomly. It's got to make us aware of what's not moral. Yeah, and that's why the word like illuminates, right? Right. It, it shines a light on the path before us. And so let's figure out how to run. I hate running, by the way. Dude, it is literally the – I don't understand cross-country. I don't understand it. So why I apologize. Like why all. people like doing it? Yes. Yeah. It drives yeah. me nuts. I know uh,
0: the names of a few of our listeners that are just like getting all worked up right now. Well, here's my – I'm not Heidi.
2: I played sports all throughout high school and my whole entire life, everything that I hated about a sport was the running. Mm-hmm. So then I got to high school and realized that that was an option as a sport and I will be like, why just would running. anybody want to do that? It's the worst part of every single practice. I think the the only explanation I can come to is that it's – Some people are just naturally built for it and they're good at it, and then they get acclimation for it, and then they just lean into it. Well, I know, like, once you get to a certain extent, you get like this runner's high, and and, Mm -hmm. I've never gotten there. So, yeah, that blows my mind. Even then, though, it's like you're that's the sport you choose for that one runner's high you're gonna get once a month. Like, it seems kind of silly. What about the when your ribs hurt, like in the first three miles, you know, you
1: get that dehydration pain in (laughs) your side. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like, I'll do legs every day of the week if it means not running, like, I would rather lift yeah. legs then do do running because that sounds like crash
0: but i would run you know, in high school as a like a center midfielder i'd run 6 or 7 miles a game in soccer and it would feel like nothing what's well, because, because you're I'm doing something exactly you're you're running at a goal and you which we are and you kind of walk metaphorically. or like slightly jog in between right. right so you don't have to sprint the full mm-hmm. – like the, the constant is i i it's mind blowing one of the books that craig actually asked me to read um Craig Hobbins up from the anxiety episode yeah. uh, was resilient, art of resilience, and it's just it's just a crazy story. I only read like the first chapter, sorry, Craig, but the the back was really good, and uh, it talks about basically this guy swam uh, from I think England to the U.S. in the water he, he, or something crazy. He swam like three thousand miles in the water. And I'm making it. I'm getting this completely wrong. Yeah, wait, I,
1: I think he swam around no, is London it, or something. He is swam it the the, Fr- the French and English uh, channel. The channel like, maybe, maybe something. i was looking, but far, apparently it's
0: the most dangerous yeah. swimming travel in, yeah. in the world because mm-hmm. there's all kinds of like weird stuff going Rabbits on. Rapids and stuff. And, and one the first chapter that I read, that I did read, um, he's swimming and a jellyfish like hits his face, <gasps> and it's like. Um, he feels it and it stings him and his whole right of his body goes numb from his face down to his arm but it's one of like the the important stretches of the race and it would really set him back so he's still swimming he can't feel anything he said that a couple times like he lost consciousness as he's swimming and he's swimming with you know a swimsuit on and everything and then um, he swims all the way through past where he thought he was going to and then he got to the end and he gets out and they're all staring at him and he still had the jellyfish stuck on his face it never got off so it was pumping the, the toxins into his face to full <laughs> swim for hours and hours and hours as he's going. And his his training ritual was basically to go in sub-zero temperatures and swim and push through the pain. And so he disciplined himself over and over and over again to the point where a paralyzing, stinging f- sensation on his face was somewhat familiar from part of the body going numb while he's mm. swimming because he swam mm. in sub-zero temperatures. So it was interesting to see the, a cool example of a guy who – didn't have to do anything he was doing in the prepping, but he forced himself into pain so that when real pain came, it was tolerable. And I think that's like a cool lesson to take for, especially as Christians. I mean, we, we hear constantly from pastors that, the, you know, it's going to get harder to be a Christian. It's going to get harder for the, you know, the government's going to impose on Christians and churches got to close down. If there's another pandemic and all these
2: things. Like if that really is true and they're not all lying to us, yeah, we should be training. So if you're taking actual pain as a, Metaphor, mm-hmm. I think that's also a good one because pain is all that's mental. Right. It has actually nothing to do with the uh whatever is hurt, like the appendage the, or the whatever is hurting. It, Did you ever stub your it, toe? It's a, I don't think that's, true. that's insane. I yeah. see colors, but yeah. <laughs> no, but it, but it's it's all in your brain. So that means it can be beaten. Yeah. And there's people who do, who do like who the resilience to like the pain is insane, and they have like well, yeah, like you said, like go into like subarctic temperatures and be able to stay out there on a t-shirt and just do certain things like that, cause it, it can be overcome. And like David Goggins. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's crazy. Have, yeah.
0: have you seen his stories about his feet yeah, breaking yeah, and yeah. stuff?
2: Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you want to say
0: one or anything? Cause I, all I know,
2: all I know off the top of my head is that like there was one and this one especially resonated with me because I've had to have these multiple times, but it's something with dehydration. He was so dehydrated. Like he couldn't urinate. And he had to give himself like a self – he had to give himself a catheter like multiple times. And that – I just, I, don't, I didn't need any stories after that. My respect went up so much after that. Really? Oh, my god, dude. That's,
0: yeah, yeah, well, I, I, I was listening to a, a, a podcast he was on the other day, and he was talking about – he was like 300 pounds at one point. Yeah. And then he just decided that he needed to get his life in order. And he talked about the first time he ran, after a half a mile, he started crying. He went back and drank a milkshake. And then the next day – he did three quarters of a mile in a milkshake, and a mile in a milkshake, and then eventually mm. no milkshake. And then he worked up to three one hundred mile races three weeks in a row.
1: Mm. Three one hundred mile races. So three hundred
0: miles in three weeks. And all and I know is like his knees are like gone. Have like no brake pads.
2: Like yeah, the, so it's <laughs> like it's like metal on metal. Yeah, there's, there's like there's yeah. no cartilage. Yeah,
0: so it's bone on bone. Every step is excruciating, and he's still doing it. Yeah. And so he'll do like the pull up challenge where he has something called the forty percent rule, where it's whatever you do that you think is. The Like the last of what you can do, you've only done 40%. So if you think you can do 10 pull-ups, you can do 40, and it's a fact. He's very sure of it. So he's like, you know, you think you can only do 100 push-ups, you can do 400, and he'll make – like as your trainer, he'll get you there. I don't know if I
2: agree with that, but it's I don't, cool. I don't know either, but it's a cool mentality yeah, to yeah. have. Like
0: just keep pushing through it. So anyway, talking about discipline, he's, he's the most disciplined. That but I know of, yeah. He was at a dinner one time, and he's sitting eating dinner in the middle of it. He thought he ate too many carbs, so he just got up and ran. And he was running dress shirts and jeans, and he's running around the block. But then ran. there's also
2: a point where it, when it becomes like a disorder. Yeah, I would say to an extent he has that. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an obsession. You don't want that either. Yeah. Unless he's obsessed with Jesus. Correct. Good segue. <laughs> Bring it back. All right.
0: So uh, the first spiritual discipline. What do you think? Do you remember what it was? So we got we- four inward disciplines. You want to pick one? Remember which one it is? Prayer. Okay, that's one of them. All okay. right. Prayer. So exercising prayer. What do you guys do? Because we've mentioned this a few times. Mm-hmm. But what do you do to make sure that you're disciplined in your prayer life? I Okay, cool.
1: No, no, no. I was saying, I, we did talk about this. But if it's not done at the beginning of the day, everything else is off. Like, okay. And it's like very noticeable. Um, and, and even in – uh, like conversations with other people about praying for things. If I haven't prayed at the beginning of the day, it's not my first thought talking to people like, Oh, they come up with a problem. It's not the first thing. Isn't like, Oh, mm. let's pray about this.
2: Yeah. I, Cause I, it's I, like yeah.
1: setting your mindset in the first, first moments that you're awake.
2: Yeah. I think things that are helpful, that's a good one just to start your first thing off in the morning, but also like literally scheduling time, which mm. I need to be better at, but like mm-hmm. scheduling, like it's anything else, mm-hmm. like, like a dentist appointment, like, or whatever, anything that you need to, that you need to schedule time for, that needs to be one of them. Or else you'll just go right by, and you'll find a million things. Like uh, it was, I think it was Martin Luther or Saint Augustine or Martin Luther, one guy we quoted the one time where he said, like, when it's that moment that you want to sit down and pray, mm-hmm, everything, every mm-hmm. distraction will come up. Yeah, and not only that, but you'll justify like, ah, let me just do this real quick, mm-hmm. and then I'll get to it. Let me. Next thing you know, forty-five minutes go by, and you didn't pray, or now you forget <laughs> about it, or.
1: And, and something more recently, like it's past three or four days that's been on my mind has been the um, pray without ceasing part and the fact that it's just every part of our lives and every part of our day just constantly bringing things to him as in, because prayer is just communication with God, us talking to him, and then hopefully we'll get to this later as well, the listening part and taking time to to listen for his voice and what he's directing us. Mm. So Yeah, it's another
2: good discipline too to like, a lot of times you'll pray for something and then not remember that you prayed for it, and then I'm like, it might get answered a week later,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and you'll go and you'll go right by not even realizing that your prayers were answered. Or so, you, so so being able to recognize mm-hmm. like l- looking, it's looking vertically, like looking through mm-hmm. life vertically, and then you
0: forget which one of our later disciplines, which is celebration, right? So thankfulness and celebration,
2: right? So you forget the second discipline after prayer. Correct, and then if you don't. Ever recognize any of the gratefulness or the celebrations? It's going to make you lose the first one. Yeah, because you're going to be like, "Why well, doing this see any, any? Any, like, right. yeah. Success.
1: I Sounds bad, but like. We're,
2: so go back to the other discipline. I think a good thing would be is to write prayers down. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the actual. If you want to, the actual prayer. But if not, like what you prayed about, mm-hmm. so then you can look back at it.
0: Like a prayer journal.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. It sounds less manly
0: when you say prayer journal, but yeah, you write it down. On I do diaries. Prayer handbook. Down <laughs> prayer
2: scroll. Yeah. A yeah, scroll. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Papyrus. Yeah, so I think it ties in well with our, our conversation last week too. Um, and I, I I always catch myself saying we talk about this, but I also assume that a lot of our listeners don't listen to every single second of the episode. So I, I repeat, uh, we repeat ourselves, but we also have a lot in the sake of <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, they're taking notes on the papyrus. Yeah. So when we talked about gossip last week and the the power of taming your tongue, um, what is the solution? To oh, that's right, right? That's yeah, right.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: What is the solution to it when someone or something that you have the compulsion to talk about, like the answers to, to not talk about them anymore mm-hmm. and, and address the issue um, that way in an unbiblical way, but then to just submit it to prayer, yeah. right? So like the opposite of gossip is prayer, because you can yeah. talk to God about anything, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I like the way that uh, this uh, the author phrases it. He says, "To pray is to change. Prayer is the central avenue which God uses to transform us." If we are unwilling to change, we will abandon prayer as a noticeable characteristic of our lives. The closer we come to the heartbeat of God, the more we see our need and the more we desire to be conformed to Christ through prayer. It's like yeah. That's powerful. Yeah, so it, it is about communicating to God, but it's also... And I, do, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. When, I'm, when I, I'm in least contact with God and, and shallow prayer, it's because I don't want any answers and I don't want to change. And I know that my heart will conform to thee if I do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, Prayer. Done. You, you guys doing it?
2: No, oh, you're never no. doing as much as I was going to say.
1: Definitely not enough. Like I said, the, the past couple of days has been the the pray without ceasing, which has been hitting home. Yeah,
0: I think for me, one thing I've I've been learning, especially this year, without saying it too much about my my job, but um, it's the times when I haven't been loving to my students. It's when I don't pray for them before the day starts, and I'm not like my heart attitude isn't isn't there. So I'm really learning because testing my patience this year a little bit already to just be in the right mindset walking in. Because if mm-hmm. you go in grumpy or you go in not thinking and seeing them as image bearers, then you're going to treat them like they're not image bearers, you know. Right. And so that prayer and that hard attitude is important for me right now. So I'm I'm working on being disciplined in the morning, even if it's five minutes. You know, just sit in the car before you walk in, and you know, you don't need a mat, you know.
2: Yeah, and just other things like uh. I, you like, given that grace, and like in Hebrew it says, like you could be entertaining angels, like that hospitality with grace, and you know, what you're doing to the least for the least of these, you're doing for Christ. You know, so that measuring device, the least of these, vary. That's a that's a moving target. You know, yeah. so it's like that's everybody, really. Yeah. Um, so keeping that into perspective, and like when you want to gossip or when you want to have those bad thoughts, I guess just like literally almost have a conversation with God, but with yourself as well as in like, what would it look like to look at them as God does? Like, mm-hmm. what does that look like? Mm-hmm. Or what could they be gossiping about me about that I want to want to, you know, and just like really take it there. Like in your, almost talk to yourself, like in your mm-hmm. brain, answer your, your own questions and then it, it, it should help put them put perspective. Mm-hmm. I that Brandon Heath song, the
0: Give Me Your Eyes, you know yeah, that song? Mm-hmm. meditation that's our next discipline. So, meditation is the one that I did not know that, that was re- not required, um, but that I don't practice, I didn't practice meditation at all up until that point. I'm very rarely still and silent, yeah,
1: same always, would- something in my ears, listening to something. Yeah. I don't think I've, I've once been silent, I'll be honest.
0: <laughs> You're silent the whole podcast, I, I am silent.
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. Like, uh, your brain, but your brain. No, 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 not, that's not true. Because I'll like not think about things. Mm-hmm. I just had a conversation with somebody about this. I like I will not think about things, and my brain will be completely blank. But it's not the active listening, if that makes sense. Mm. Like it's 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 mentally shutting off from the world, but mm-hmm. not actually taking time to listen to what God might have to say. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah
0: yeah, and that's what so there, there's the two Hebrew words that are used to describe meditation are used fifty eight times in the Old Testament. And the definition and like the application of them, it broadens it to listening to God's word, reflecting on God's works, rehearsing God's deeds, and ruminating on the law. Hmm. So those are the four kind of main categories of meditation. And the psalmist writes, like, "Oh, how I love thee, uh, love thy law. Uh, it is my meditation all day. I hold my feet from every evil way." So that's the meditating on the law, mm-hmm. and then reflecting and and changing action because of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. this is this is what I think that like plagues America specifically. The stillness. Yeah, I mean, we were just we were just birthed off of go go go, yeah. and it becomes an idol. Like, mm. um, so I, this is one that like we don't even know what it would look like sometimes to just like that's why we walk around without that, that still small voice because we don't sit there to listen to it. Mm. And like one thing that like blows my mind sometimes is like and my my uh therapist will say like when when he prays it's very different from anything i've ever heard anybody say and he'll just like sit there and he'll ask a question and then just sit there and it'll in the beginning it was awkward but Mm -hmm. now it's not now i'm used to it and it's like that actually makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. you know i mean if you if when you ask somebody a question you expect an answer Mm -hmm. and if it's a hard question you give them more time to think about it,
1: mm.
2: and, you know, and not that God needs to think about it, but I'm just saying it's like sitting there and listening, and like what is coming to your imagery, imagery coming to your mind when you're when you're asking, or like yeah, the meditating part of it. Mm. I think that's one thing. I mean, at least me, I can speak for myself that it's even though I even though I was told I need to do it, and and I see it in God's word, and it's just the hardest thing to do. And essentially, I think it's because we are in our Western minds, we we put time at such a heavy our time is everything, mm-hmm. and that's one thing that you'd, you would be giving to God. I'm going to sit here for half an hour, wh- however long it is, and, and just listen to you. Mm-hmm. And you say it's worth it, so I have to trust that it's worth it, mm-hmm. and that I'm not wasting time.
0: Yeah. That's what I feel like if you're not making money, mm-hmm. that's the capitalist way, right? If you're not yeah, making exactly. Money, it's
1: so go. ingrained in us. Well, but that, it's such an interesting phrase because what what are we— Wasting, because our time, time. Right. Isn't, it's, isn't even ours. Right. So it's, if anything, it's wasting his time, which you can't do. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And and the ruminating on God's word, one way that I've uh, found that effective is just picking one verse and like mm-hmm. just memorizing it mm-hmm. and just praying over it. Mm-hmm. Instead of just like trying to cram in, okay, I need to read three chapters to make
2: this time worth it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh so for me, I'm always I like, think that's good. A separate time that way, that one verse that too. you're taking, yeah. well, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. that one verse that you're taking out, like you know what it actually means, you know, like you could take <laughs> yeah. out, yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah. But just like you know, you
0: take a, a, a the verse from a psalm where it's just like praising God, yeah, you know, and just yeah, like yeah, pulling yeah, that yeah. out and medit- I'm not like and slaughter the goat after four, <laughs> yeah, yeah, four, nine, fourteen no. fortnights or whatever. Um, fourteen fortnights. It's <laughs> a lot of days. It's a lot of days. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: So meditation. That's one when we silent listen. Uh, and building that into your schedule. So up until now, what I felt when I was reading this book, because they give an actual warning in the beginning of how there was a a guy who read this and actually deterred them from the the, the faith because they were so overwhelmed by all the things that they did Mm -hmm. not or were actually like expected to Mm -hmm. be holy, that they did not feel grace anymore. So when when I was reading through this, I was like, okay, you know, I, I can work the, I'm at the fourth one. I can work that one in. And then I get to like, you know, the ninth one, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't, like, my schedule's so tight now, like, I, gotta, I don't have time to meditate. I got to do these mm-hmm. other eight disciplines. Um, you don't want to feel that way. So you're, you want to, you know, focus on some and focus on others, and obviously, we're not going to ever achieve perfect holiness. But the, the next one is fasting. This is an unpopular one. in fat America, mm-hmm. right? So we're, we're talking about <laughs> uh, 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 the opposite of our, uh, of fasting would be uh, the United States of America, right? Would be most obese country in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there is fasting from food. There, I mean, this is an interesting comment we were having like a, a a leaders meeting like years ago, and I remember one of the guys that came was talking about how they don't believe that fasting is what we say it is. Like Ash went at like when you give up something for Lent, mm-hmm. it's specifically mm-hmm. for food and sustenance. Yeah, it's like, not like you're giving up video games for a month. Like, correct, that's not yes. fasting. Yes. It's just like you being pious, right? So that's what we're talking about here,
1: which is still okay. It's just not biblical fasting.
0: Yeah. yeah, no, it's not yeah, saying yeah. it's okay yeah. to give things up, mm-hmm. but it's but like just that's don't not, call it. Yeah, don't call it fasting. And I mean, if you can, if our listeners can find a scriptural reference yeah. where it shows that that's a thing, then
2: please do. Right. Well, especially because when you look at it, like fasting is is biblically is sacrificing a physical need, a necessity, a necessity, and it's like. You know, people will be like, oh, I'm fasting from video games right now. It's like, oh, how, how magnanimous of you you're you're, you're you're fasting from something that people didn't have 50 years ago. <laughs> you know what yeah. it's like, like most of the human race didn't even have what you're claiming to be fasting from. Yeah. Like that's, you know, so it's like, no, but everybody has had, hopefully, well, has needed food mm. in, in the history of the world.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, there's so much biblical precedent for fasting. Moses, David, Elijah, oh, Esther, mm-hmm. Daniel, Anna, Paul. Um, and Jesus is a pretty good standard. And so all all of them, like, it, the, he calls it the what is it the who's who of the Bible. So all the biggest names mm-hmm. have fasting built into their
1: prayer life. Yeah. And even when Jesus says, when you fast and pray, so it's like, I think he's expecting us to. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Not if.
0: Yeah. And you know what's interesting? Now, we are talking about before how you create discipline by forcing yourself into unnecessary trials. Yeah. So that's what fasting is. 100%, right? yeah. Like you're, you're, you don't, know, mm. you probably have food available. And other, otherwise, it's called starving, right?
2: Right. That's, North
0: Korea is fasting, if that's the definition. Right.
2: It's forced dependency. Yeah. And it's making you remember certain things. Mm. Like, just for no reason, even if you don't have to make a huge life decision or anything. If you just like, every Tuesday and Thursday, I fast. Mm. Every Tuesday, whatever, whatever that is means for you, skipping lunch, whatever it means, like mm-hmm. sun up to sun down. Those days, you're making it a huge mental. It's it's affecting you. You can't not think about it because when everyone else goes to eat, you can't. And mm-hmm. when it, whatever, like when you, every time your belly rumbles, now you're reflecting back on God's goodness. It just forces you to put God right at the forefront of your mind.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I was gonna say, and that's the important part that it gets filled with something that you're doing, like prayer. And reflection on yeah. who God is, not just the fact that oh, I'm not going to eat, and I'm just going to yeah, mope around pointless. about yeah. not yeah. being uh, about. Sorry, mope around about uh, being hungry and about how much I want to eat, mm-hmm. versus uh, no, I'm going to pray for this yeah. thing that I'm I'm expecting God to do, or um, for uh, an attribute that I'm trying to focus on God, or be thankful for the things that He has given me.
2: Yeah, the whole point is to fill it with prayer, because if, then if you're not, then you're just, then you're just not eating. It's not fasting anymore. <laughs> you're just not. Yeah, I mean, and, and it talks about in Daniel
0: there there are examples of partial fasts where you fast from certain things. So he says I, I mean, this was specifically for the purpose of of his conviction through with his diet. But he Daniel said he would fast from delicacies, meat, wine, um, wouldn't enter his mouth. I did not anoint my myself at all.
2: But again, that's food related.
0: Food related, and so, but it also that was probably probably it's still fasting because you're still creating dependency because it was probably more work and less filling to eat the things he was choosing to eat. Right. So he's eating mm-hmm. vegetables, right? And Daniel mm-hmm. died, like vegetables, yeah, vegetables and grains juices. Yeah. Um, and so it probably would be more filling to eat meat and wine it would hold you over longer. So it's still forcing yourself into an uncomfortable position, you know? Right. So even Daniel's fast, even though it was a partial fast was still a fast of dependency, which is uh, interesting. And, uh, one thing he said was cool is that the, from 1861 to 1954, there was not one book that referenced fasting. On so run in the that United back? So Wait, from what? when? From 1861 to 1954 in American literature. There's not one book that even references
2: fasting. Wow. That's impressive. So, that for that long. Hmm. I mean, it's impressive that they could even figure out that stat. Yeah, but it's, yeah. Probably, <laughs> but it's They also probably just did a Impressive is that true?
0: Yeah. So, there was hmm. no teaching on it, there was no sermon on it. And they're looking through those things, which is crazy that for almost 100 years, the American church just neglected fasting as, as a sermon topic.
2: 18 so – hold on, let me – that makes a lot of sense too. 1861 to when? 15 – I'm sorry. Whoa, wait, <laughs> yeah, backwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1954. That makes so much sense.
0: Explain to me. That's like
2: heavy years of the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. When it really became – when America really became its, its most capitalist, mm. in its most capitalist years, when it really became what it is. Mm. And McDonald's started. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Gonna... No, really. And the, yeah, and McDonald's started, McDonald's was just built like a factory. You're in, you're out, you're... Yeah, I just thought that was it's a wild quick, stat. Because with the time.
0: Like it wasn't on the forefront of people's minds for a hundred years.
2: Not, for, not
0: even like not an afterthought, you know? It's like these people in the Bible did it, so we're good. So in most cases in the Bible... Uh, it is, a and most, it is referenced as a private matter between the individual and God. There are, however, occasional times of corporate or public feasts, or fasts, When feasts. Um, so, like, the Mosaic Law in Leviticus was required once a year on the Day of Atonement mm-hmm. for the entire... Village yeah, Yom Kippur, yeah. You yeah. guys had a couple of references, right? You said Daniel.
1: Well, yeah, Daniel talks about how... Uh, oh, I forget their Hebrew names. I yeah, I couldn't remember. Hananiah, Mishael... Uh, and Azariah? Azariah, yeah. yeah I think. Um, I was, think. Nice job, man. And Daniel. Uh, they Self all he run fasted run <laughs> uh, together um, before making the decision to then not eat the meat um, faster and prayed. Um, mm-hmm. was, there was and you mentioned, it was it Oh, no, um, uh, do There was another one. Uh, no, no. Uh, the Nineveh. Nineveh uh, when the king declared... Uh, the the fast and uh, not the, fat, yeah, the fast yeah the fast and the, yeah, the sackcloth
2: New Testament yeah Acts thirteen Acts twenty seven mm.
1: mm-hmm.
2: they fasted as a group yeah so if you're talking about the New Testament whether or not it should be continued so Old
0: Testament practices you know some parts of the law were fulfilled so mm-hmm. if you're making the argument for that um, Jesus commanded it um, so yep. he says so although Jesus does not say if you fast um, you must fast his word is simply when you fast so you Cole mentioned that mm-hmm. before we mm-hmm. even started that, that it's not
2: if it's when, uh, so it is it is expected of us, you know. And What do you think? What do you think it is though? Like, why did that fade, but prayer didn't? Well, arguably, prayer has, but at least in speech and vernacular and expectations of the Christian mindset, it hasn't. Because mm. it's easier. <laughs> but it's not.
1: But it, it's really not that hard. It's un, it's more uncomfortable. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's easier it's- to like. I don't know, uh, even in, like, the, uh, uh, the the like, praying, like, oh, you can pray, like, before every meal and everything, and that has, like, uh, become, uh, what's the word for that, synonymous with prayer, like, oh, eating and praying, so it's easier to continue to pray when it's, like, built into your day, and um, it isn't a sacrifice other than, I guess you could say time, whereas fasting is a physical and mental mm. Sacrifice.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's. But so, but, so, but what I'm, I get that, and I. And it's, but it's got to be more than that. Is what I'm saying because Comfort. a lot right? Because a lot of things in the Christian, like, in the Christian world, are less comfortable or less or less desirable per se. If you're arguing from a secular perspective, like, what? when you become a Christian, now you got to be monogamous. Well, that's less fun. What? But it, but it's but it's more biblical and it's more healthy in the long run. But, you know, there's a lot of things that you, you sacrifice when you when you take on the – you know, so I don't know. It's like I, I – I, If we're talking about comfort
0: as a role, though, I don't think prayer makes you – you don't need to be uncomfortable to pray. Yeah. kind of like – so you do have to be uncomfortable. No, no, mentally. I get that. I get it. Yeah. It's
2: definitely more uncomfortable than praying. Yeah. But there's other things in the Christian walk that are uncomfortable that we don't mind. Mm. I guess because those things we do see the the the, like the the benefit,
0: the immediate benefit, immediate benefit, and even we can see physical examples in the future of like, okay, I want to look like that old couple walking on the boardwalk holding hands, you know, mm, like okay. that monogamy looks cool sometimes, even in you know, yeah. in the long run. But I understand what you're saying. Uh, I just fasting just seems like why would I be hungry? Like it's all it's all the results seem like only internal
1: because
2: mm. they are. Yeah, I, I guess in a sense they are, but it's ironic that like. America has a mental health issue too. Yeah. That's, that's all that's yeah. That's what's suffering from it, The internalness of it.
0: Mm-hmm. True. All right. Moving on the discipline of study. I think we covered this one pretty decently with when Sophia was on for our episode, right? Yeah. Studying the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just being in the habit of studying, if you were to like summarize mm-hmm. studying the Bible, what would that look like? I, I'll just, I'll throw my first tip out there. Sit under a pastor that teaches the word of God verse by verse. If you don't have the pastor that does that or find a podcast that does, the Bible Project is a good one to start with.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's an endless amount of reasons. For that, there's an endless amount of reasons. I mean, not even if you don't like to, any pastor in your state, YouTube nowadays is like, you, yeah. there's no excuse now to not listen to a Bible-preaching pastor.
0: Yeah,
2: read it, and then if you don't understand it,
0: Read it again so you don't understand it, pray about it. And then if you don't understand it, look to a commentary. There's about a thousand. If you own the, the Blue Letter Bible app, like just on there. One thing my wife has recently fallen in love with this commentary, David Gusick's one. Mm-hmm. I've used it in the past and I, I still do. Um, it's just really user friendly. Mm-hmm. Like he writes very plain language. I think he's like really relatable in his. So if, if you're not one who would just want to open up and you have to like look out for the these and the vowels, like you're looking for Spurgeon's commentary, like. Um, you're not seminary level. You just want to know the verses better. I think I think uh, David yeah, Gusick's yeah, great for uh, that. Yeah. Even nice. MacArthur's like a little bit heavier, mm-hmm. a little bit. I don't know of many others that I've read that I really liked of commentaries.
2: But those are the two main ones I usually lean on. This one's hard for me to relate to. I when people are lacking in other areas, er- like I get. It's it's hard to be disciplined in, in, in certain in, in things, but this one's hard for me because like to me it's just the Bible's so interesting. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like I, this one's hard for me to relate to when people like don't get into the Word enough. Yeah, I'm like, wow, how can you not like? It's it's, it's always blowing my mind because you're actually interested in it. But I guess I guess to me that's what being a Christian like how can you how can you be a Christian and not be is what I'm I guess is my question. And not study? How could you... No, no, not, not study even that. Like, how could you be a Christian and not be interested in it? Hmm. That's kind of what it's hard for me to relate to. But I, I don't know. I guess people yeah. can make say that about anything, I guess. True. There's people probably in Jordan that are like, how can you guys not fast? Like, yeah. that's the best part, you know? I mean, you're probably... I mean, I think more than the average person, a li- a
0: literary person. Right? You, you, yeah, I, mean, I, I see English what you mean. You so like, literature so and stuff literature like, yeah, itself yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. excites you in the same way it excites yeah, me. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. But... As a whole, like, if you really have the the joy of the Lord inside of you when you get saved and stuff, like, there's always that that desire to, like, I just want to know what to do next. I want to know more. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I guess a lot of it is the literature, but for, I, I mean, even if people aren't, like, into, li- like, how much do I talk about The Chosen? Like, yeah. just watching it, like, I, mm-hmm. I love, or, like, I don't know, it's so interesting to me.
0: But would The Chosen be as exciting if you didn't know the literature? Because I remember when you first started watching, you were um, so excited. Yeah, because like, I don't read a lot of Endgame stuff, but Endgame was interesting. Yeah, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, like, but like you, you know, used to like watching a story you've read a hundred times like unfold and finally, yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, yeah. That's It's definitely what's more exciting.
2: emotionally connecting. Yeah,
0: and like even when you were talking about when you've been to Israel, um, that. What have I thought – How'd you know? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you posted <laughs> about it on your Instagram. <laughs> um, that you just you see like a lot of things you saw in Israel and like a lot of connections. Yeah, like it comes to life. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool. All right, so we're shifting from the internal disciplines to outward disciplines. Okay. All right. So we had. You want to name one? So we have have study, prayer, fasting, meditation. Meditation. Yes. Look at that. We're like the four Stooges. There's no one here. (laughs) We're like the three. I must think of disciplines. I had four. Okay. So the discipline of simplicity, so this is an outward one, so a physical manifestation of your walk with Christ would be simplicity. Um, So the way he describes this is, simplicity is freedom, duplicity is bondage. Simplicity brings joy and balance, duplicity brings anxiety and fear. The preacher of Ecclesiastes observed that God made man simple. Man's complex problems are not of his own devising, Ecclesiastes 7.30. Because many of us are experiencing liberation, God brings through simplicity. We are once again singing an old Shaker hymn, and he lists it. So this one's interesting. Um, using that to build it out, what do you think living simply looks like? And what do you think living duplicity looks like? I mean, I can give you an example of like when I when I was in college, my first my freshman year, dude, it was like all I did was weightlift and study. I had I had and I had uh, like that Bible study on Thursdays once a week. It was like my schedule was wide open. And I was good at both of those things, like really good at both those things. I was mm-hmm. like straight A, and I was in shape. And then the next year, I added like this 300 hour requirement for community service. And the next year, I added a job on top of that. And then by senior year, I had no joy because I kept I added another Christian position. So it was like I it was literally 14 straight hours a day of meeting, meeting, and I like I would lose time in between walking to meeting. Like I would I had a three to four meeting and then a four to five meeting on the other sides of the campus. So I'm booking it for a full year. It was I lost joy. I lost. Nothing was simple. I was like, I'm at this meeting thinking of the one before it. Hmm. I was anxious about not being prepared for it. I had no time to actually think and, I don't know, be prepared for anything.
2: Okay. So when I heard this, I mean, I could have been wrong, but I I, I felt more simplicity in like material things. Are they talking more about simplicity in life well, um, or both? A little bit of both.
0: Okay. Like being, I think material things is also the, a manifestation of you're being pulled in too many directions. Okay. Like if you buy a tractor, you don't have to maintain your tractor. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know, so it's still yes. pulling gotcha. yeah. part of you
2: away. You're adding unnecessary responsibilities. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Until the point where there's nothing left. You right. Know, and you're just you're you're pulling at the seams. So this one is I mean, I think this again, this is the opposite of our culture, right?
2: Yeah, and and <clears throat> I often Yeah. I don't know. I often think about this and like I like I asked uh I think I asked with um Pastor Dan's episode where I was just saying, like, why does it sometimes feel like you have to have, like, a life-changing experience to finally realize something? I guess it's because we're just so ingrained in our own culture that we don't even know where we need to improve or where we need to think outside of our culture. But, like, the happiest I've ever been was when I lived overseas. And I often wonder why. Like, there's a lot of variables to that. But, like, why? And... One of them, one of the theories could be is just because of how simple it is. And like you said, it's so, there's so many, there's so few unnecessary responsibilities. Mm. There's your regular job responsibility. And outside of that, that's pretty much it. And then your church, if you go to a church. And like family. Which I didn't have. Okay, I'm sorry I was adding it for people who might. Oh yeah, yeah. And, well I'm saying yeah 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 gotcha. and family yeah gotcha, gotcha. so yeah, so if you translate it to here yeah, yeah. your family, that's mm-hmm. it, your, your three basic things and that's that's it and like, like that's it, all the unnecessary stuff just gets deleted, not even by choice. it just forcefully does, and then you're like, oh yeah, I just and you almost mm. feel like the chains break off. Mm. but I don't know I, it, that's just one of my theories.
0: Yeah, I think what the end result of being of adding too many things on and other sort of responsibilities is I think that would be the end result of not having those adjustments. Because I do think no matter what we do fall into this trap. Like this isn't something we can everybody's perfect at, but so we all need to be brained back in. You know, and, and just some some um it says the Bible Challenges nearly every economic value of contemporary society. Constantly, the Bible deals decisively with the inner spirit of slavery, that idolatrous attachment to wealth and things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, that's heavy. Like the Bible deals heavily with not serving two masters, idolatry, yeah. um, sim- I mean, simplifying your life and not having an abundance of
1: things. Mm-hmm. So simplicity is better. Yeah, so that was the first uh thought that came to mind like you can't serve two masters but the second one that came about was the um a double-minded man is unstable in all, all his ways. ways so as soon as there's two things pulling your attention uh whether good or not like that's it's wrong cuz then you're you're pulled in multiple directions that you can't focus on and right. be uh effective in yeah so i know we've talked we, i think so on the podcast we talked a little bit about that in ministry and like focusing on one thing rather than Trying to do everything because you can't. Right. There's one thing God has, at least I believe. There's one thing God has you to do in the body of Christ, and that's what you should be focusing on doing. Not trying to let me be involved in a hundred ministries and run five of them and right. do all of them badly. Right. It's like an Acts, when when the when the apostles appointed specific people to oh, minister yeah. to mm-hmm.
2: the Hellenistic widows mm-hmm. because you can't do that and be preaching and yeah. this stuff has to be divided and delegated.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, the pull between simplicity and asceticism, which is it's, like the aesthetics, like the image yeah. that you want to put up. Oh, okay. And I love the, I don't remember where the quote is from, but the idea of like, why do we buy things we don't want to please people we don't like? <laughs> and I think that's true, you know, to a certain extent, not with everything, but with certain things. Like, do you really even want that? Like, did you want that vehicle for its utility or because you wanted to m- be seen driving that vehicle? You know, um, like I have a student that just graduated two years ago that's driving a $180,000 Audi. And I have no idea how. I saw him driving down the street the other day. And I want to like, I'm, I'm hoping he just struck wealth, like he hit the lottery or something. Yeah, oil well or something? Yeah, <laughs> but I really hope so. Because if not, and he's like in debt to that so that he can feel cool driving down the LVU. He's slave LV. to it, yeah. I don't want him to pay 4000 a month for a car, you know? Yeah. And, like, I just felt I felt sadness. I don't know the whole situation, but, like, hearing, seeing that car, and then I, next day I was like, Dude, did you see what he was driving? And the teacher's like, yeah, it's $180,000 new. Yeah. And he bought a new.
2: But not even that, like, even deeper than that. Say that quote again.
0: Why do we buy things we don't like for people? Why do we buy things we don't want for people we don't like? To impress people we don't to like. To impress people,
2: yeah. What, what I think is even, like, along those lines and even deeper is that like it's so much to the point like people think that they want them. Yeah. Like it's not, I, I I think it would be a little bit rare that somebody actually doesn't want something and then buys it anyway to impress like as opposed to like you think you want it because everybody else has it. Like the trends mm. I once I find that like as soon as something is a trend like it drives me nuts when I see it. Mm. Like and then you just look around then everybody looks the same. Like all of a sudden pants have to be high-waisted all of a sudden out of nowhere like and it just looks back like it looks like the 90s again you know what i mean it's just like did everybody's brain flip at once or did is this just like society telling you what to dress and look like and now all of a sudden you think it's you know it's like that like people don't ever like take a step back and be like why do i actually like this Mm -hmm. is this objectively the most beautiful thing or or or... is this iphone really better than the previous one yeah right right yeah exactly yeah 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 yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, and uh, here's just uh, – sorry, Cole. No, you're kidding. So I feel like we do a whole episode on just simplicity because yeah, there's a lot of good stuff on it. But here's, here's his, his uh, few steps on how to fight it Let's see if you agree with these. So, okay. Uh, first one, buy things for their usefulness rather than for their status. 100%. Yeah. Good. Got it. Done. Nice job, Foster. Richard J. Uh, second, reject anything that is producing an addiction in you.
2: <laughs> so, but, say that ten more times. Reject Reduce
0: anything that is producing an addiction in you. Yeah, so, I agree with that. He eliminate on cutting down the use of addictive, non nutritional drinks, alcohol, coffee, tea, coke, and so on. <laughs> Your um, phone, if if again, if it becomes what? a uh, an addiction.
2: When was this book written?
0: Uh, I don't know. We flip to the thingy
2: joke, and that memorized. It's People
1: wait. it's fine. Or this. Little, wait, can you do, like, skip? an elevator
2: sound? Yeah, hit, guys, hit the 30-second faster button. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not 30. Now I have to wait 30. Uh, 98. Okay.
2: 1998? So Yeah. yeah. So this is great oh for iPhones yeah, and real geez. addictive things. Yeah, well, that's and you'll a, yeah. see
0: one of the ones that's coming up soon. Pager. technology. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> if your 8-track
0: tape isn't it? Yeah. Uh, develop a habit of giving things away. Mm, that's I huge. I like that. I like that. Yeah, and biblical. Mm-hmm. One, this is a shout out to someone we love, so this is not a gossip. Uh, Rue makes a really good habit of giving like instruments away. at One of the worship mm-hmm. leaders at her church, like, oh well, yeah, you know, it's huge, yeah. Like she, you know, bought a bass and then used it because it was needed for the worship team. Mm-hmm. And then after she, bass is no longer needed, she was like praying that God would reveal to her a, a uh, like a youth group kid who wanted to play bass so yeah. she could give it away. And it was like not not a cheap bass, you know. Yeah, she mm-hmm. was just like God yeah. gave this to me. Right. No, I'm not required to use it, so I'm going to give it away. Right. That was To me, that was powerful. You can only I
2: play don't. one bass at a time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sitting, I, I literally looked around. There's like eight guitar and, cases. Three. <laughs> 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 uh, now i got to learn how to play more than one. at <laughs> <to one. laughs> He's just going to adjust 2 He's got fingers left. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to be YouTube sensation. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so there's ten, so let's keep going. Uh, <laughs> refuse to be propagandized... By the custodians of modern gadgetry, so that don't buy the newest iPhone yeah, based no. off of mm-hmm. propaganda.
1: Why are you looking at me? I, I, mean, I haven't just, bought a phone I, in yeah, four my years. To that, last yeah, because good. Yeah? yeah, I, I, I just said yeah. last.
0: Week, you looked at my Mac. You're like it's 2018. You're gonna need a new one soon. Okay,
1: no, no, no. I was specifically saying. <laughs> you know, I will say he is like that, but not for himself though. Yeah, I want to buy things for so other you, I, for other people. I will like. I well, want them to have. Like, you're speaking the you bought, so that is true. Yes. But, it was, but yeah, it's never it's thing. never for myself. I,
0: I'll just mess Not up. never.
1: That's not true. I will buy there's a few things I will splurge on myself for. But, but
0: it is also like your field and career. So you do yes. need to at least know what things are. Yes.
1: Before. It's helpful. So it, just in case we were wondering the previous comment, do yeah, don't buy the new iPhone? See, that's not cool. That cool.
2: That's cool making other people sense so that he can he's like, I want to play with the new Apple Mac, so if you buy it, yeah. So it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend that
0: I get to buy things. I make him buy things all the time so I can use him. <clears throat> Shout outs to I'm just kidding. Um, learn
2: to enjoy things without owning them. That's literally oh, what you said. <laughs> okay, so go to the Apple store and just play with the gadgets. and Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what uh, does that even mean?
0: I mean, it's like borrow and then give back. Like if you want to okay. learn how to play guitar, don't buy one right away. Just okay. borrow one, check check it out,
1: and then give mm-hmm. it back. Mm-hmm. Or maybe don't buy 52 books in a couple of weeks. Maybe borrow a few of them. But nobody right. I know has I them. Realize- <laughs> that's true. Okay, that's
0: different. <laughs> I we people. Uh, develop a deeper appreciation for creation. So just get out in mm-hmm. nature.
1: Yeah. Wait, what, is this
2: original, what is this fighting against again? I forget already. Sim, uh, oh, simplicity. simplicity, got it. Yeah, okay. fighting yeah. for simplicity. Right, 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 Develop
0: a deeper appreciation for creation. Um, look with a healthy skepticism at all the buy now, pay later schemes. So mm-hmm. fi- if you have to
1: finance, don't buy it. I mean, that's a big one because we talk about how like um, the slavery to somebody else or some other thing. Where You were just talking about with the the car, the guy buying the car. And it's like, mm-hmm. then you have to, now I have to work for this thing. And mm-hmm. you feel burdened by the item that you got for enjoyment or utility
2: mm. well no, it's weird because you'll you it's the the circle that we're in where it's like i need a car to get to my job so that i could pay for the car and <laughs> it's probably, like which one is my payments because huh? my
0: job's miss my payments
2: because yeah my you're making a chicken and egg or in your life yeah
0: mm. wait i have a chicken and egg joke okay yeah i ordered a chicken and an egg from amazon i'll let you know which
2: uh, – I got it. Which one? Okay. 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 Cool. Um, Whichever aside. one you find.
0: Yeah. You had to have another punchline. <laughs> you know <how> <laughs> <mind? laughs> okay. Uh, obey Jesus' instructions about on a speech. Gossip. Nice. Reject anything that breeds the oppression of others. You're
2: saying nice like these things aren't uh, – impossible. <laughs> no, I know. But I'm, I meant nice is
0: yeah. in it, it's, it was our last week's episode. Oh, yeah, Plain yeah, speech or yeah. direct. Um, this one is the one that I remember when we talked through this in Vince's basement Five years ago this one was the one that pastor rin sat in on and was like wow um reject anything that breeds the oppression of others hmm. so clothes made by slave children uh, yeah, yeah this one I the only with diamonds remember, in
2: yeah the only caveat to this is like what if you like no oppressing okay uh, well yeah okay. <laughs> that's a different <laughs> issue no like um like chuck said on his is like if you start going down this road of like what is this company doing what you're literally mm-hmm. just gonna have to make your own clothes you're There's accountable no- to what you know too you know, like, yeah, and then but then it's like, well, then do you just not look at anything and be ignorant, mm. or do you, you know? It's like, so well, like, I, I, Old Navy is good because
0: the clothes are really cheap. And I was standing and it was something that somebody's like, Oh, nice shirt, uh, a teacher that I work with, and I was like, Yeah, it's from Old Navy. And she's like, You can't wear that, all the kids like are slaves, and you know, blah yeah, blah, blah And that's I was a, like, well, now I own, like, they made my whole wardrobe, I don't own anything else because it's cheap as clothes, yeah,
2: you're the, the kids you're, are fast. Yeah, you're like, a, you're the pastel prince, These kids are fast, man. yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing, it, that's one way to. If something's cheap, that's a huge sign that it was made <laughs> I just, cheaply.
0: Is it a horrible thing you guys didn't correct? Me. <laughs> no. I, I just, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. What did you say? I felt I was washed over by shame. I couldn't hear. Go ahead. Uh, no, normally that's the that's a red flag if it's cheap. That's why. Yeah. Because it's made with cheap labor. Are you just packing it on like what's are you? I get it. No, I'm just saying, like that's I a that's that's a hu- I think that's a good argument because then because yeah. you're using the other argument of like not spending a lot and saving money and being mm. wise with my money. Yeah, it's like I'll buy cheap shirts, so I'm not. But like mm. usually they're cheap because they're
1: made with yeah. yeah. It's
0: true. Yeah. I
2: wish iPhones were that.
1: You know,
0: they're they're like have child slaves to mine the diamonds, whatever out of. You know what I'm talking about?
1: The the silicone, yeah, but
0: silicone. But there's also like a certain like uh, stone that they use for them. That's
1: oh sapphire, sapphire
0: crystals. Yeah, for the screens. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. I heard people talk about them and how they they're basically like
2: killing people to get them. I mean, yeah. I don't know if we if I don't if there's anything that we learned from the coronavirus, China illegally makes everything. Sure, <laughs> so that's why everything still is back on back order and, and yeah. If we went down this road, we would literally like have to again, like i said, be Amish. Yeah, I was. doing something. I was I'm telling a, you guys. <laughs> I
0: was doing a bathroom uh, renovation during the pandemic, and I went to get uh, a what bathroom renovation.
2: Okay. That's not what I heard.
0: Okay. And I, was, I, was, I don't even know what I heard. It was I heard bad. bathroom intervention, and that's, I was like, yeah, "That's okay. interesting."
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I Had a conversation with my colon. Um, there was this big like drill bit that makes this paint, and I went to Home Depot to get it, and the, the, I was like, "Do you guys have this like China?" It's yeah. Like it's a piece of metal. Like why are we importing <laughs> that? There's not one metal factory here. Um, yeah, well, that,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, there used to be it in Pittsburgh, and now they're all true. Even though it's steel,
0: but whatever. All right. <laughs> Solitude. We're at number seven, so we're, we're halfway. So solitude. Settle yourself in solitude, and then you will call upon him
2: in yourself. Yeah, this is one I've learned that I need. Okay. I don't have any more that than was that. was it. Okay, not, yeah, yeah. I just Were na- you practicing it? No, no, no. When I, what? I thought you were. No, no, no. No. Solitude isn't like being by yourself. Like leaving. Yeah, I thought you were like signaling we should oh uh, No, no, no. no. Okay. But no, this is one that I've learned that I need and I didn't know before.
0: Okay. So is this like your introvertedness nature? Yes, like my natural introvert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So solitude and silence, um, and then the sacrifice of fools through Ecclesiastes 5, one: to draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools.
1: Wait, what? <laughs> Say that again?
0: So the Ecclesiastes 5 one says to draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools. And he explains that the sacrifice of fools is humanly initiated with religious talk. The preacher continues, be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty or utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and upon you, therefore let your words be few. So instead of always being poured into gotcha. and sometimes accepting the indoctrination of foolish preachers, it's better to be alone and communicate
1: directly with God.
2: Okay. So on the lines it's, of solitude. Yeah. Okay. I would,
1: is this not like hand in hand with meditation and cuz I was going to say I just
2: I just said the, the whole spiel about like how I need solitude but mm-hmm. w- the key words that he has there are solitude and silence mm. you can be alone and not and be filling your brain with, you can be alone and just watching tv and be filling yeah. your brain with like whatever it's like the point is to make the time that you're alone purposeful purposeful yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah and i think solitude uh, i i hear um pastors usually need and for the few that i know that they need time at least once a year to, to be in solitude. Like, yeah, your pastors and, and I don't know some of the books I've read that they just say that like they go to a cabin for the weekend or something mm-hmm. for like three days by themselves, which sounds like super sketch. If you're telling your wife, like <laughs> I just need time away, you know, She's like, when do I get time away? Um, but the idea of just going away and being in, in solitude, making things simple, being in prayer, being in meditation, but being in silence, uh, I guess this, this one's outward because you need to take active steps to cut out things for a time. As opposed to meditation, which is could be just an inward thing. I don't know.
2: I, I guess. Yeah, I see yeah, what you're saying. It's yeah. just
0: semantics. He just needed 10
2: things and he. Had yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got 11. He's like. On a cold practice meditation right now. No, I'm uh, thinking, I.
1: I'm trying, like I said, I'm trying to find the difference between this and like meditation. I really am. i am. Because is this one of the corporate things or the, this is the this outward? Is, this um, So this is outward, individually outward. So
0: one thing I was thinking of for meditation and solitude is when we were this past weekend during the Breakfast Club, we talked to a pastor who was really into like meditative services.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he called him what? Contemplative. Contemplative. Mm-hmm. And I've only been a part of one of those. And it was in the Christian group at college. And there was a guy who came in and led one. But it was a lot of pauses, a lot of prayer, and a, it wasn't the typical American Sunday where they get up and they, they teach for 40 minutes, and then they sit down. It was like they talk for a few minutes, and they're just like, all right, let's pray and just
2: listen for God to speak. And that th- Just by the way you're describing it, it sounds so much more authentic,
1: doesn't it? Mm. It's not like scheduled out of like we do this and then this and then this. Yeah, and, and it's and like we're just going it's to. It's like, oh,
2: well, where, was, where did we leave? Where was the room for God in any of that? You know, it's like, I don't know. It just seems so much more. Authentic. Yeah, I already said that, but I didn't, Okay. Yeah. I thought you were practicing meditation. No. All
0: right. The, the, next one. Number eight, the discipline of submission. Individual outward. All right. So we're not at corporate yet. So submission to authority. So um, he starts off by saying, um, Of all the spiritual disciplines, none has been more abused than the discipline of submission. Mm. Uh, Somehow the human species has an extraordinary knack for taking the best teaching and turning it into the worst ends. Nothing can put people into bondage more like religion, and nothing in religion has ever done more to manipulate and destroy people than a deficient teaching on submission.
2: Mm.
0: So submission, I guess, would just be manipulation and and bad authority
2: causing for submission. Okay. Is he talking from top down or bottom up? I believe that's top down. Okay. Well, submission
1: submission no, when, comes from the bottom up. Yeah, when it, it starts from. I'm confused. Well, he's
0: saying that
2: oh, the, the bad, the, bad the teaching problem. on submission.
0: Gotcha. Requiring it, you know, a pastor being bad at a bad leader and still saying a you manipulating need to be submission. Yeah, got it. Okay. Um, and then also the the part that he breaks down next is the idea of value being attributed to a, a chain of authority. So mm. if just in the same way if you ever heard a good teaching on the husband and wife in a marriage how the how wife has to submit in the same way this like the the son has to submit to the father it doesn't make Jesus any less valuable than the father. God okay okay that's okay. why submission gotcha. the yeah. value attributed to each one it's not like the woman gets less valuable they're equal right. in the eyes of God. Yeah. And so when we're talking about this one of submission um the idea of and I think this is just same same the exemplified in Jonah what we talked about like his bucking submission. Mhm. Yeah, uh, to God and, and going to do what he, he was, um, his heart was against, uh, talking to people of Nineveh. I think this is just a problem in our society from the top down, from the bottom up, across the whole. I don't know what the phrase is. Yeah, all I mean, just if you talk to anyone in education, they'll say the same thing. When I was a kid, my teacher would beat my butt, or, you know, if I said something wrong, or uh, if I called home. Um, if I, when I was a kid, if a teacher called home, my parents would beat my butt. And then today, it's like you call home, the parents yelling at the teacher, and the kid's innocent. It's like the idea of like from teachers to students to police to people pulling over to the you know, the government. Um, the idea of you know a a president used to be kind of looked up to at least a position for it's Reve- six, revered, now, respected, revered, yeah. respected. And then now it's you can you know you have all these trolls all over the world that have like never left their Cheeto finger covered. Keyboard and they're and they're commenting all these horrible things about um, people they've never met instead of you know just submitting to the, the laws that are there and you know casting your vote like you're supposed to. So I think submission is an issue from the the in every aspect of society.
2: Well, and I think the core of that is making yourself your own god. Yeah. Hmm. Really? Hmm? You think you're the biggest? You you think you're the most important thing in the universe? It's the first sin, really. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like you've decided to be the arbiter of morality. Right. You know, and it's like, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to submit to God's, the only law he gave us. Right. Yeah. So that was, I mean, submission, I don't know how much more we can cover that, right? That's kind of straightforward. Mm-hmm. So next one, service. So actively serving um, others and the church that you were plugged into. So... um he says, At the, as the cross is the sign of submission, so is the towel a sign of service. Um, and so the idea that we need to serve, and I mean, this is like being the hands and feet, being disciples. You referenced before, like, uh, the uh, being disciplined is the act of being a disciple.
2: Right. That's where the word comes from.
0: Yeah. yeah. So when we're, you know, practicing service and getting plugged into a church and serving the people around us, that is something we need to practice. I think this is – although it seems like uh, straightforward to us because we're like fighting for knights to, to, to start new ministries between all of us. This is 90% of people who go to church. They don't practice this at all, right?
2: Yeah, if you're not in that 10% that does serve, yeah. Yeah.
0: And I am calling you out if you're a part of that. You know, you'll you'll go every Sunday. I I, I never realized this. I never was like upset about it until recently. But when, you know, we have one sanctuary, right? It's it's the middle of the church. And when we have big events, we have to convert the sanctuary as soon as the service is done. So Pastor Vince, as soon as he's finished preaching, like a dad would ask a family, "Hey guys, can you get the house ready? People are coming over." Like mm-hmm. it's just a very family type thing. Like, "Hey, we're switching the church over. Yeah. We need the chairs moved. We got some tables coming up." And then everyone leaves, but five people.
2: Wait. You're just noticing this?
0: No, I, I never was upset about it. Okay. So I was like, it's just the 10%. Like, yeah. everybody says. And sometimes it's 20 people. Sometimes it's 10. Like, sometimes it's, everybody's feeling holy, so they stay. But the fact that not the 90% don't stay is mind-blowing. It's like, we just asked you, because VBS is coming up, to move chairs so that we can make room for kids to meet Jesus. And you thought going and watching an Eagles game was more important. It's mind-blowing.
2: See, but, and then, you yes, it is mind-blowing. You're right. But then this is, I guess, where we have to choose to... All for grace in, this, in the sense of like maybe that's their – maybe that's one of the, the, the 12 dis- disciplines yeah. that they struggle in and maybe they're great at solitude and, and rest and meditating and praying. Maybe that's – you know I mean? Maybe they're going home and doing oh, yeah, that. I just like, want I just to be better at that one. Right, right, right. But meanwhile, that, I, we're not – yeah, we, have, we struggle with the other ones. Yeah, but this
0: typifies the, almost the entire American church, which is why I think from a pulpit it needs to be addressed as well. Yes do you know what I mean like yeah, I, mean. The, obviously yeah. there's there's like where I, I I'm not good at any of these like i don't I haven't nailed down any of the twelve we're saying right, right. but if there's one that characterizes a corporate setting it's like that could be addressed corporately
2: you know right, but but all I'm saying is that like just like there's ninety percent that don't serve and there's ten percent that serve in every church, mm-hmm. maybe there's ten percent that are praying the way we should be praying biblically and ninety percent that don't mm-hmm. and I don't know which category in that I'm in so. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm just annoyed. Yeah. It's easier to be annoyed at the service one because it's more in your face and literal. It's like, I don't know someone's prayer life, so I can't get annoyed at that. Yeah. And also, I know mine. And it needs to improve, so I can't get annoyed. Yeah. Mm. But this one is like, oh, I'm here, so. Yeah. And, and you're, and you're that, not, so. And, you know, so. and
0: like, we've all probably been guilty of, of having to leave or like not been around the help or serve yeah. in certain ways. Uh, but it's just frustrating when we talk about, like, the, the harvest is plenty and the workers are few, mm-hmm. and you can teach on that, and then the workers walk out, you know? Right. Um, and just, like, small things. Like, you know that you're, if, you're, if you're in a church of 400 people and there's an event being thrown at the church for the general population, you should probably find out how you can help. Just yeah. like if for anybody listening. If you're going to a church and they're not 10,000 people with you know, 100-person staff, they probably need – you are the people that help set it up,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I I had a thought while we were talking about this. I know numbers cool. isn't <laughs> isn't everything, <laughs> but uh, how much of this is because the church has gotten larger and and in, less in, intimate in, in numbers? You mean in like larger yeah, numbers? Yeah, because if it, the ninety ten rule doesn't work when there's twenty people. You you're literally know everybody, and you're it's it's more obvious. It's easier to slip away in a group of 200 people of, like, oh, somebody else has got it. When it's 20 people that you are doing life with and yeah, struggling with every yeah. single day, it's more noticeable to be like, oh, no, I don't want to help them. Because, no, you do want to help them. They're your brothers and sisters in Christ, and you're working together to accomplish a specific goal in this scenario, cleaning yeah. a sanctuary. It's
2: like, the, it's like the whole thing, like, when, like, a... Uh an emergency happens in public.
1: What's that? Oh, nobody What's that?
2: calls 911. Yeah, nobody calls 911 because yeah. they all think someone else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of what you're describing yeah. where it's yeah. just like so, somebody else it. will get it. Somebody else will get the chairs. Mm-hmm. So well, if everybody thinks like that, then nobody's got the chairs. <laughs> and also I
0: just common sense. If there's only 50 people in your congregation, then that's right. a
2: stupid thing to think ever. Right, right. You know? But once you get up to the 100, 150. Then you can start. Then you can sneak out. There's and, a little bit of escape. Yeah. yeah.
0: So just a couple of qualifications for service that is self-righteous. So, see if you can think of any examples for this. So, self-righteous service is impressed with being the big deal. It is concerned with making impressive gains on the church scoreboard. So, that'd be external service. Self-righteous service requires external rewards. Self-righteous service picks and chooses whom they serve. Hmm.
2: That's
0: a big one. Self-righteous service is affected by moods and whims. It is insensitive. It fractures the community. I mean, need some explaining. But I think the one where it says self-righteous service. Picks and chooses whom to serve Mm. is a big one because there's a lot of people who are more lovable than others in situations where it's more lovable to help them. Right. Um, And those are the ones where... uh, Stephen Lawson, I was listening to his sermons before we did the last week's episode, and one of his uh, things, he said he speaks to a lot of young pastors, young men, and he'll go and he'll talk and he said men will come up and be like, I want to be a pastor. And he's like, really? And he's like, yeah, I just love my church. I love my church. And then he, his response is always something like dramatic, but he's like, I, I don't think you love your church. I think you like a ministry because um, you if you really love the church, meaning God's people, think of the most appalling person in your congregation that has sat for 40 years and not grown at all and continues to live in sin and is poisonous to the people around them and you have been praying for them for 40 years, how do you feel about them? And that's your gauge whether you love the church or not. Hmm. And if you love that person that you find appalling and you your heart breaks for them, then you actually love the church and then your service towards them is genuine. Because otherwise, it's easy to love your friend who you can kick it with, you know, yeah. and have good conversation with. But the guy who constantly talks about himself, you know, all those things, like that's how much you love the church. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's an that's a interesting gauge because, I mean, not to be rude, but like we all can probably think of some names of people that like, would be the hardest to serve. Like names that would you just right. you would avoid a conversation with them if you could.
2: And right, and this kind of goes hand in hand with what I said before as far as like Cole, just kidding. <laughs> The John. way the ch- the way the church has become now, it's like I it doesn't surprise me. I wouldn't be surprised if a large number or a group of non-believers were attending every week. Mm. It's you're hanging around generally Morally okay people. It's got good music. Social. It's good. So it's a social club, but what it's become now, you know, Mm -hmm. as opposed to like not not many non-believers. Well, outside for different cultural reasons, would go to like a Catholic service and just like, you know, it it's very boring. It's 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 monotonous. It's it's, yeah, it's up and down constantly. It's it's he can't sing good. You know, it's like all these things. It's like, you know, there's different reasons why people might be. They might be going out of guilt, or they might be. But Mm -hmm. just you know, but just to go and just to enjoy and like a lot of non-believers can come, Mm. can come to our church and feel absolutely fine. And that's part of kind of like what you're saying, where it's like you just like the certain people and you stick to them. Mm. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's dangerous when you get to the point where like say for like young adults group, we have like 20 people coming out, right. And there, there's, there's, you know I mean, this is just, honestly just hypothetical, but like, cause this has happened a long time, but like a new person comes in that you don't know. And you can tell, like, they make it known right away. that They're not a believer at all. Like they're not mm-hmm. uh, uh, like, if you're disappointed in that, that's a problem. Like if someone comes out and yeah. you're sitting down and like, you, you have deep Bible discussions and then somebody brand new comes out and they sit down and um, they're like, oh, I don't know Jesus. You know, Then you are like, oh, I got to dumb this down though. You know, like I got teach, that's an yeah. issue Yeah. because then you're like, that's the person you're to break for more than anybody else. That's the whole point of why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. So that would be a good indicator. Service, and we have two more. Uh, these are the corporate. Three more. These are the corporate ones. One is confession. Go. So confession uh, in the Catholic <laughs> faith looks like what? You're, you're Conf- confessing to a priest and then having to do penance. And then having you have to. Well, that's the belief. No, no, I know in Catholic religion. Though, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's required to what be a part of like the cool kids club. Your, no, to have your sin pardoned for.
2: Okay, you have to. Yeah, I mean if you go there with the priest and, I mean, yeah, if you yeah. go there to the priest and you and you say, I, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned, and I've done this, this, and that, and it'll be like, okay, go say two Hail Marys, go say three, and he, he comes Father up with this arbitrary evil. formula. I like, what if
0: you miss one? You're going to hell?
2: Like, do you have to list no, Just every That sin? sin wouldn't be pardoned for.
0: And then so you just have some sin go to heaven?
2: Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought there was like a What do you there's say? There's no clean white ever? What do you th- huh? I I thought that was just like an exercise, but it doesn't work. It wasn't required. The the clean slate would be – I mean, unless I was wrong. The clean slate would be – yeah, just clean slate after you say them all.
1: Mm. Because he
2: he becomes your mediator, and he tells you what to do. Okay.
1: I I don't know. I uh, left the Catholic Church at like seven years old, so I don't remember all of it, but that sounds more right. Mm. Um. So for this one, this is
0: corporate. Remember, this is like with a group of people. I believe that it's it's targeting accountability with fellow believers. Um, if you have an issue, you address it with them. If you are, if you have a public sin, it's a public confession. Those are kind of like the guidelines for confession that we have in mm-hmm. the Protestant religion, at least, right? Um, I think that if a you know, confession levels vary from if I'm offending. Like even just like a small thing, like I I had a coworker that I wish there was a group of us talking uh, yesterday and I didn't mean to, but twice in a row I like spoke over her. Like she, I didn't know she was talking and I spoke and I just cut her off and it was already too late. So I just kept going. And then I, I just, I, she's real quiet spoken and I, and I felt guilty both times because I was like, I did not mean, and it, it was just part of the conversation. I wasn't saying anything important either. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards I, I, I called that person. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I, I, I felt guilty about it. I was like, I didn't mean to belittle you or make you think like your whatever you were saying didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were fine. But like, I, I, it was a personal thing. I needed to like confess to her. Like I, I did something wrong. I'm sorry. And she was like, right. I didn't even notice. Um, but with, with confession, I do think it, the, the level of degree of where you need to confess matters. You know, if, if you're in front of the church and you curse during a sermon, you know what I mean? Right. You probably need to apologize to the whole church. Yeah. But this could also be carried out wrong. Church, mm, a church, <laughs> try not to name it, uh, brought up a person who had an affair and made them confess it to the whole congregation, even though it was a private affair that no one knew about. And they brought the person up weeping mm-hmm. and they made her confess it. And he like had to just stand there, like, which was the worst part is they were like, tell the whole church what you did. It'll eventually come out and you'll have to confess it publicly anyway. And I was sitting there like five years old, you know, just like watching. And the dude was standing there like, why are you telling everybody? Because like, who wants everybody to know yeah, that right, their, their right. girl cheated on him? And they were like not even married yet. Like it was a very, they were like engaged and that the church had to uh, to vote on whether or not the pastor can marry them after that moment, um, because if the if the church couldn't collectively like uh, accept the confession and forgive, then they couldn't marry them afterwards. And so you could carry this to like the public confession thing to like the wrong degree, where it's like not public confessions are for public sins. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, any thoughts on that, Joe?
2: No, really, not. I mean, that's that one seems kind of like
0: that sounds like the Salem witch trials.
2: You know? Kind of, yeah. I yeah. But I do think amongst friends, confession more so in in just creating a more transparent culture. Mm -hmm. then a confession wouldn't feel as awkward or as heavy as the word sounds when you say it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He says, a man who confesses his sins in the presence of a brother knows he is
0: no longer alone with himself.
2: Right. That would be the transparency. Yeah.
0: So I think that's like the main value
2: in it. Right.
0: Which I think we've been fighting for that in our our fellowship for a couple years now. I think we've made some headway.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's not going to happen overnight for sure. Yeah, and, and but, it's going to be baby steps. Then you look back and you've gained—I don't know how to quantify that—but you just, you know, yeah, you've, made, you've seen growth.
0: Next two are, 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 I think, will be easy: worship, okay. right? Corporate worship, participating in it. Um, there are a, f- a handful of people that I respect that don't. They're like I'm not artsy or creative, and I don't express myself in any kind of like outwardly way. And so they don't. They stand there and don't participate, like stoic. Like See, I can
2: mentally worship. And what do you? Th- what do you say about that?
0: I just don't think that's what you would do if Jesus were there.
2: Correct. And, and that's I, what I, makes me think it's like how much of it is that really how you're genetically built, and that is your de- demeanor, or and how much of that is you're you're scared of what other people's thoughts around you. you you're, mm-hmm. you're putting the p- opinion of people around mm-hmm. you on, on a pedestal, mm-hmm. like yeah. And again, I'm not saying every every single worship service, you're going to be like crying or hands up or anything like that. But like
1: if it's never, then that's an issue too. Mm. I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I feel like it's the other way around. It's less often now that I'm not crying or tearing up or getting emotional during each and every worship service. And I think that's the closer
2: you get – I don't know. I don't want to put anybody – somebody could be worshiping silently. But I'm just saying like I think the closer you get – with God, the more tears come. Cause you just, you, the more you understand that grace, the more dramatic it's going to be. Like, and, and also God could be in the process of bringing
0: them to that point in that silence. So we never know what the spirit's doing on their heart. You know, like there are times like this Sunday, I couldn't sing for two songs. Cause I was like, if I did, it would have just sounded like nonsense because I couldn't stop. I was like emotional with what was happening yeah, on stage. Yeah. And um, I could not sing. I just stood there. Trying to fight back, you know, yeah, getting yeah. choked up. So, like, you know, you, I'm not saying that's the case for all the people who are, are just standing there stoically, but and I also there are seasons where I'm more emotive than others, and you know, I, and I don't think they're necessarily indicative of, of like the inside, you know.
2: Indicative. Indicative.
0: Indicative. indicative. Yeah. <laughs> I, was uh, to say. And, I never heard it that way. In <laughs> 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 Uh but regardless i I do think that if Jesus were to walk into the room and you're say so you're just you just look over and there's the man that you're supposed to be singing to, and like he's uh if you just stand there and just still like salute you know yeah I, I, there's just no example of someone who saw Jesus and didn't fall right you know eventually, so no less than forty one psalms command us to sing unto the Lord as a command so whether you're a good singer or not. Some people, I wish they would not read those songs. You, know, you can hear it from over. It's like, that's not a harmony at all. Um, and then the last one, discipline of guidance. So guiding others. Um, guiding others or seeking guidance? I assume both. So I'll read the first sentence to make sure. It says, uh, is a quote by George Fox. Dwell in life and love and power in the wisdom of God and in unity with one another and with God. And the peace and wisdom of God fill your hearts that nothing may rule in you in your life, but which stands in the Lord. So I assume seeking guidance from the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. Um, So um, he talks about some models. So the uh, apostles band did not leap from the ground, zero, uh, to dizzy heights of the spiritual rulership of the single bound. Neither will we. For the most part, they moved in that realm one step at a time, sometimes forgiving uh, or sometimes moving forward a bit and sometimes withdraw. But by the time Pentecost had come, they were prepared people. So this is what we were talking about with the dust of Rabbi Jesus a couple of weeks ago where the concept of the rab- – Jesus would model behavior. He would model something, and then he would give the chance to disciples to – Fail. Fail. Yeah. And then they would eventually, little by little, get it. And some, some – we never have evidence that they did. Like Peter, I would, I would have put money he wouldn't have denied three times, you know, based off his growth until that point.
2: Right. That's what, that's what makes the – what's the code so impactful? The Crazy. resurrection, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, like they all 180 after that. Yeah, that and the whole the Pentecost, but yeah, yeah, and step by
0: step. I mean, the a dangerous thing I think is when someone first gets saved and they're on fire to then just like toss them into like a mm-hmm. leadership position before they really get washed for years. Like how long was Paul in the wilderness? But after he got right, 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 converted.
2: Yeah, and I I mean, yeah, Jesus said uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, then the outermost parts of the earth, and. It took them a long time to get out of Jerusalem. It wasn't until persecution came mm-hmm. that drove them out. But they weren't necessarily being – that was their comfort zone still. Mm. They were doing big things within it, but it was still their comfort zone. Mm.
0: So. Yeah, and that's why I, – I, would you compare – because I was thinking about the whole rabbi scenario we were talking about. You follow them around, and, mm-hmm. and you like, hang on to every word. Like pastors are modern rabbis. No. Would you say that?
2: why not because exactly because we don't do exactly what you just described no should they be though like are they can they fill that role I think that that the way it used to be that it, the whole thing's just completely gone okay
0: because I'm thinking like I, if I have like any a... questions about anything I resort to a pastor yeah and that I, sense I hang yeah, on their yeah. words to like know what the word says and that would be anybody really anybody
2: smarter than you like an elder anybody smarter than you yeah. but in that sense yeah but the the rabbi disciple relationship that used to exist does just doesn't exist anymore mm. and like yeah that it's just a, lo- a lost art mm-hmm. type thing and now it's more evolved into like a yeah you have your pastor and if you have a question go to him but email a that, and that's a, that's we talked about that with Saturday. that's a huge that's a part of the culture that we need to resurrect mm. because that's what's missing the oh I see how he did that. Now, let me do that and then fail. And then he can, and that guy can, is there, right there to correct you. And mm. you can go from there. That's just a lost thing. And now it's so much so that people get saved and they start going to church and they're like, now what? And like, that's, you know, and like, they don't necessarily get that training mm. to see what it really likes to follow by Jesus and then, and then teach other people how to do that because you saw how you were taught. And then it's just a lost thing. Which we have to try to bring back, but
0: yeah, and, and just I think eating really does mm. is a huge part of disciplining it. We like yeah. the, the Acts 2 model where we you're breaking bread. I know we mentioned, I mentioned this a few times, but it really was impactful. Like the, the reason why they were eating is because the eating rituals need to be changed from
2: yeah.
0: ritualistic or even paganistic. Is that that word? Uh, pagan sure. um, rituals. Um, bracave whatever the other word was um, and uh, and they needed to when they were eating they were observing people who walked with Christ and seeing how the new procedures were like they were mm-hmm. literally observing like wait when do we pray when you know what we, what are we doing do we thank which God and they're like no no, no mm-hmm. we only thank one God and mm-hmm. like so they, they finally get Christ and they're like okay what do we do now okay let's eat together let's get that done because we do that three times a day let's make sure that's honoring to
2: God and it's a common ground. Yeah, across cultures like that in the Mediterranean, it's like we we all eat. That's that's where we can agree on. Mm-hmm. And even that, it's like you're, just, like you're saying, we some of us eat different, but like that's one spot where we all have common. We all need food. We all mm-hmm. need, that's why fasting. You know, back to that. But like we all need sustenance, so mm-hmm. let's meet there.
0: Yeah, and even like small things. When I first started dating uh, into my in-laws family, like we would eat uh, salad after dinner, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that was it's an Italian thing, I guess. I yep. don't, I don't, and it was weird. Like we finished and I was like, this is when like the, the sweet stuff comes out. Like I'm not eating rabbit food now, but mm-hmm. apparently it helps up with digestion to eat mm-hmm. the lettuce after. Um, and it was dandelion um, salad. It, it was- Dandelion salad. Oh, okay, I already heard of it. Yeah, she threw me into the fire right away. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I said it was good.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. Um, but yeah, so the idea of just like learning a lot about a culture from mm-hmm. just sitting down and like learning that the, the meal is, is like a long process. It was like- you ate and like the different parts of the meal kind of came out as different you were times, eating. Different times, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, by the time you're done, you're, you're three hours in mm-hmm. to eating a meal. It's, yeah. So that was just, that told me a lot about the culture though. It's very meditative, slow. Like it's a social gathering. Mm-hmm. I grew up, it was like you, in and out, like as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. Cause you got stuff to do.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So seeking guidance, sitting under a pastor, um, being discipled. We talked about that at length, To saturate.
2: Yeah, that's. I think everyone we said this a million times, but someone you need to be a Paul, you need to be a um, Timothy. Mm. Yeah, different times, and
0: when we talk about the the celebration of discipline, all these things, if if you be, if you let them become law, it becomes binding. You want to celebrate them, like they're all training your heart, tuning thy heart to sing thy grace, right? Mm-hmm. And. uh if you were listening, and again, every time I go through this, I I get the same kind of I get reminded about different ones that need work. Um, if you're listening in one of those, you're like, "Wow, I just don't do that." Start it tomorrow. Nobody's stopping. Know, yeah. Nobody's stopping you, and, and I don't know what would be in the way of like practicing meditating.
2: You know. All right, which ones are you going to start tomorrow? Meditating. Okay. Silence. I said which ones? Okay. Well, that's that's the primary one. Okay.
0: Um, I mean, I'm already doing other ones, like, prepare okay. and you know, but studying. But for me in the morning, when I do wake up to either work out or, or be some, do something productive, I always have something playing. It's like in my ears or on TV, like, because like, I'm down here, mm-hmm. like, it, eight feet from here. So I'll, like, put in my headphones and I'll put on a podcast. And I think sometimes it's just good to have your mind at rest. Mm-hmm. And like that would be a good time to meditate because I'm already, like, you know, physically stimulating. So it would be a good time to have mental stimulation, too.
1: Cool. Um I mean I, I would have said meditating as well, but uh to be different. Uh I'd we'd like to focus more on prayer. Like I said. Okay. That's it's been a, a little bit of a focus the past couple of days, but uh uh rechallenged? Is that a word for that? Yeah. It's re-challenged. <laughs> I'm good tonight. Yeah, you're, you're t- doing you're doing great. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Yeah, if anybody sees Cole in public if you, and you tickle him, he turns into a French
2: guy. That's the sound he makes. <laughs> 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 All right, which one do you want to um, I want to say uh, both of those, but uh, I'm going to fasting, but I haven't figured out how I want to work it out yet. Mm. So I'm just saying that vaguely now, but I'll see. Yeah, I think another one too that I want to work on, but it's not like an immediate
0: thing. I have to like pray about it is simplicity. Simplify things, either time or materials. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that'd be one.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. All right. So if you um, have any questions or concerns, you want to reach out to us and um, let us know how certain things are either blessings or um, curses to you when you're listening. Um. Please do. The website that uh, we created has a place for book lists, has a place for questions, comments, concerns, place for descriptions of our episodes. Links, blogs. Links, blogs, posts. posts. So um, if you would like to be in contact with us or you want extra resources for anything, we've gotten actually pretty good feedback from the book list. Yeah. Because like, yeah. people are like honestly looking for good secondary texts, and I didn't realize that because – uh, you're way faster reader than I am, so I, I'm like not keeping up with you. But with I, I am, I do like reading a lot, and like I, so I, I, I am like, I don't think other people are always in that mode, though. Like I, mm. a lot of people just don't like to read, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more people than I thought that really like to read. Mm. Um, and so we'll keep that updated. And if you just need a casual summer reading or something like that, that'd be awesome.
1: My right, it's my uh, lifetime reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right there. <laughs>
0: One day I'll get home. All right, guys, you've been encountered... Thank you so much for tuning into the Encounter podcast and being part of the Encounter community. We treat this podcast as a ministry. We pray for it. We pray for our listeners and we pray that the guests and the information and the gospel that we share on this channel and this media platform are always and only glorifying to Christ and Christ alone. And while we do that, guys, our podcast sometimes spans one to three hours. So if you hear anything that you disagree with while we are speaking, which is highly likely, be Berean Christians, you have a few options. The first one would be to take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. The second one would be to know that your and our authority should be and always be the scripture so before you take anything at our word please open the pages of your bible read them and find out what absolute truth looks like find it. And then the next step would be to reach out to us. And we would love to learn from our listeners um, as you are listening through a one-way communication to about our podcast. So please reach out to us with questions, concerns. We want to be held accountable. We want to have conversations. We want to see actual growth, but first take a deep breath. Second, open your Bible and three, give us a shout out. Have a blessed week.